Hello and welcome back. It's Kate from Zen Stitching and we're diving in today for another conversation that we're having with our partners for the Making Zen online retreat. This afternoon we're joining Maria Thea Harris who is the voice behind the podcast So Organised Style. So I'm going to send her a quick invitation and see if we can connect. And I'm sure she will join us very shortly. Hello and welcome to everybody who has joined us this evening. And here she good is. Good afternoon and good it's morning, everyone. Can you hear me? <laughs> we can. You're coming through nice and clear. How are you this I'm morning, quite this afternoon? Good. And I, it's really good to see you and it's really good to be here with all of your followers. Hi, everyone. Yes, absolutely. I was saying only moments ago, it's really nice to be connecting with you because a, a lot of people will be familiar with your voice, but maybe not so familiar <laughs> with um, the person behind So Organised Style. So it's always nice when you can put those it is, it connections is, yeah. together. And, and I love, um, I've really enjoyed watching all of the interviews that you've been doing with all of the textile artists. So I, I'm sure that it is nice for people to see the person behind the voice on the podcast yeah yeah oh absolutely well i know um whenever you're engaged with um podcasts because it's such a an, an audio thing you and what and what makes that so wonderful is you can be doing something else and listening to the podcast at the same time so sometimes it's it's just a pleasure to be able to put together the the voice with the face and even with Instagram with a lot of um, what we do it's always a lot of it is still images so it's really nice to put a, a live person is, to yes, that as is. well oh, yeah it's always uh, I, I know yeah. a lot of people would like to see demonstrations which they're going to see at um, making Zen uh, because that's what it's all about but um, the nice part mm. is that the voice of those people is something that I bring to the podcast all the time so that when you're mindfully stitching or trying to figure out what colours go with which, which peaches, there's this conversation going around behind you and you feel like you're amongst friends. So I think that's the sort of feedback I get a lot and it's, yeah. it keeps me going, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that's nice to get, isn't it, that feedback to know that, people feel like they're part of a conversation and you know they're, they're friends with you just that's from right yeah. following along to the I podcast. mean if you think about it right now we're going through a transition of seasons so that's just as important you know it affects people in the north or the southern hemisphere so everyone's going through the mm -hmm. oh what will I plan mm -hmm. for the next season or even you know I really need some downtime let me find something just to sit there and mindfully stitch while I think about what's happening to me now and what's happened, what I want to do going forward. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And a combination of the two because in the Northern hemisphere, I'm getting super excited because the daffodils are out and it's starting to warm up outside and we've got longer days. So it's all very exciting. But at the same time, I, I'm equally enjoying the chance to sit down and work through some of the workshops that the artists have provided just with that little bit of me time, downtime yep. and enjoyment. 
at the end of the day, that, Correct, that yeah. sense of satisfaction. So, it, yeah, and it's really wonderful. Like, like you say, you can bring these conversations to people whilst they're in their craft room or sewing along or, or doing whatever yeah. people like to be doing That's whilst right. they listen yeah. to you. Yeah. And Maria, one of the wonderful things is we've known each other now for That's a right. number of Since years. Since 2020, I think. I think so. Yes, it would be actually 2020. So we're going into three years of, of friendship, which is super awesome. Amazing yeah. how quickly time flies. And um, yeah, and we've been communicating all this time about a number of different things, all all textiles related in one way, shape or form. And um, this is a really nice opportunity to, because you're always shining the spotlight on me, but now I get a chance to um, give back and shine the spotlight on you. I know, which I, I hope that doesn't make you feel awkward because that's not what I'm intending at all, but more, more in a, a sense of gratitude because I think yep. what you do is so wonderful. And I wanted to be able to share that with everyone too, um, what you do and, and how you do it. So I know I'm um, coming from the Zen stitching lens and many of our audience tonight is most likely coming from a Zen stitching lens as well. And so I was wondering if you wanted to maybe share a little bit about your, your path okay. on how well, you got here. Um, you know, it's really good to be able to talk to all of the Zen stitching followers. There's a lot of new ones. So hello to them. Now, um, how I started podcasting is I was helping someone again in Canada who was doing a live show and it was live video um, and they had they had it all down pat um, but I found even just looking at myself now I have to make sure that I'm smiling while I'm talking because when I'm concentrating I don't have a very nice looking face right so um, anyway so just focused face, you know, focused. and understand that. <laughs> um, so I started investigating um, converting video to audio. And at that time, you know, I thought, you know, this was, um, it, it was a big leap for me technology-wise because I sew and I love talking about sewing and talking with people who love talking about sewing. Um, anyway, I worked it out and then realised that my counterpart, she didn't want to go down that path. So I thought, okay, what will I do? I listened to other podcasts and I thought, okay, I can't do it as good as them if I want to do, you know, showing people how to do, do techniques myself. Who am I as an authority? I'm just someone who sews. So I thought about, okay, maybe um, interview people who are like me and what is it that makes their journey exciting as someone who sews? Um, and all and all of those aspects they come out every time and I make sure that mm. people realize mm. just because you don't have a huge following doesn't mean people don't want to hear from you because they identify with you yeah yeah and mm. then I always ask them at the end so before we leave what is it that and so then they share something from their experience to the audience so it kind of rounds off you know, who they are, what they concentrate on, what excites them, how long have they been doing this? And then whatever I, I think is their uh, 
niche, I suppose you could call it, what they love, what they love. And then what's mm-hmm. their what's their advice mm-hmm. to people who want to do that as well? And so then that comes out and it's a really good story. So 380 episodes later, I'm still enjoying it and I'm still inviting people who, again, wouldn't have been on a podcast because they're not a business and they don't sell anything yet. Is that a long story short or a short story long? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, um, I don't know. I'm fascinated just listening and, and absorbing it all and just thinking because you say 360 plus episodes. So that means you've been going for uh, since 2009. Uh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 2019. It's 2019. <laughs> this, yeah, just before the pandemic yeah. hit. That's um, in some ways a nice timing because in some senses, I guess that would have been very helpful for you to keep that attachment and engagement um, working with people when we couldn't physically interact, but you could still connect um, through the podcast and online. uh, It wasn't a great time to be isolated, but it was a great time to find how to connect with people if you couldn't do it face-to-face mm. anymore mm. Or, or for a long time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And like you say, because of uh, the conversations that you have, it's a bit like listening to a friend's having a, a conversation. So um, it's a very great way of feeling involved and interacting, even if you're not physically present at that conversation so I'm sure you touched many hearts as people were going through all of the ups and downs that yeah that the pandemic brought I mean you know it's a podcast with people who sew but it also touched on issues of protecting your own identity privacy Um, and that happened along the way Mm. you know if you want to do a special series on something in particular like that, it takes time to find the people who can give the information that is sound uh, and well-researched. So um, I think there's probably Mm -hmm. about five episodes now that cover those topics as we've had to deal with various ways where bots have tried to come onto our Instagram and try and, be real people by following us um, or even asking how are you and you don't know that person. So those sorts of issues as well mm-hmm. as um, giving visibility to older sewers in the media, um, giving visibility to how to adapt clothing for people who have the need. So they might be living in a wheelchair, they might have crutches, they might have limbs that are a different uh, length so how to do those adaptions through sewing, um, yeah, just stop me. <laughs> no, no, sorry, I'm, I'm enjoying listening. And, um, I mean, goodness, there's, there's so many um, areas there that I could touch upon. Um, so the one path that we will go down is the sew over 50s. And could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I just think this is such a fabulous concept and it seems everybody yeah. else seems to think the same um, so too. there was a group called socialists and um they were online probably they were more a blog than online in instagram and they did it was a community of people who wanted to 
um, raise issues that we are so still with all the time. And so they put a call out for representation. Are there, is there anyone out there who wants to start a group that is specifically focused on um, whether it's disability, starting with uh, chronic illnesses, uh, gender, um, you know, genderless terminology, that sort of thing. So Judith Staley, as soon as she saw that, she put her hand up. Judith lives in Edinburgh in Scotland. And um, at, that start, at that time, there was a lot of murmuring around uh, there isn't enough visibility of people over 50 who, who sew, who are on Instagram, who are loving all of the fabrics and patterns, um, are tagging those companies, but they're not being reposted or shown or their images weren't mm -hmm. on their grids or the their images weren't on pattern covers. Um, so quickly, uh, so that was around about August 2018. And then uh, quickly after that, uh, Sandy back from Brisbane said, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. So the two of them with some team of people behind them. So Susan Young is a sewist, a very talented sewist in the UK. She was their blog writer. And by the time 2019 came around and I was doing the podcast and then 2020 happened and I wanted more um, content, I thought I need to focus on um, groups in the community that are trying to lead visibility of them. Um, mm -hmm. So as of today, mm -hmm. they have 47,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and that's because there's a lot of people who connected that wanted to be visible, had the same sort of thoughts about, hang on a second, I feel invisible. And so with social media, mm -hmm. those of us who are not uh, millennials or, you know, Gen Z are using Instagram safely, connecting with people, um, uh, being visible and the patent companies out there uh, looking to have that sort of representation as well as different colour, different sizes, different cultures. But you can see the age, you know, mm -hmm. the uh, visibility of older sewers now, more so than you could in 2018 when they started Sober 50. So. Yeah. It, That's bad. Yeah. It, it, it's, so it's, it's basically leading uh, the way the way you would like to be seen. So they don't call people out, um, but they do it in a way that elevates people. They elevate what you know is happening. They will show the various podcasts that have um, people on who are over 50. They will encourage people to join challenges online, that sort of thing. So it's all about, I don't know, yeah. embracing everybody. Yeah. Yes, which is fabulous too. And um, like you say, it's just bringing these things to people's attention because I'm thinking back to all the sewing patterns that I have um, sewn over the years. And they're generally uh, yep. displayed on a much younger model. And um, I didn't even give any thought to any of that at the time. So... Uh, it's really good that it's being brought to people's attention so that um, 
people are more aware and I'm sure it's also a lot of the, yeah, me too. I, I sew, I, I'm over 50 and I love these patterns. So it's it's very embracing and, and reassuring to, to see that there is such a growing um, following for this as well. And I, I really like how that ties in quite nicely to what you're talking about with um, representation online and protecting your identity and being aware of spam bots because these things can happen so easily and they can happen to any of us. So it's really great that you're bringing that to, to yeah. your fore as um, well. You know, I think that uh, if you're over 50 and you weren't brought up in um, all the sort of media that Gen Zers take for granted and you're now out of the workforce, let's say, as an example, you don't have those resources at hand, uh, you know, you don't have an IT area that can help you. You, know, you go down and say, hey, such and such mm -hmm. is happening. What do you think? You don't have that. Um, and if you're, mm -hmm. if you, like in Australia, being a, in a remote regional area, we're used to trying to connect with people. But if, you know, at that time when there was the isolation, everybody was living in that same environment, whether you're in an urban environment or not. So there were um, a lot more people who mm. had no one to go directly to. So it was really great that Judith and Sandy through Sober 50 would pick up those topics, find the people who could do the guest posts. Um, and that's how they've been really helpful in not only sharing techniques that others share in sewing, but sharing how to protect your identity um, and they also, if there are patent companies out there or fabric companies out there who are looking for more representation of older sewers, they can direct message Sober 50. And Judith and Sandy have been really instrumental mm -hmm. in making sure that patent companies now have models in those age groups because it's a huge, it's a huge following. Um, so they can do that. So they're leading by really? assisting yeah. too. Yeah. Um, well, I love that because, you know, um, the older we get, yep. generally we have a little bit more time up our sleeves to do the fun things that we want to do, like sewing clothes and all those marvellous things. So it's, it's in some ways, it's kind of like taking the blinders off, isn't it, of the pattern companies and then going, oh, big aha moment. There actually are lots of people who do sew, have the time, want to sew and... Um, and so it's great that that's now being, um, they're aware of that. Going back a couple of conversations, you said at the beginning um, you were just a sewer, which is why you started the, the podcast. Um, I think that's kind of just um, playing it just a little bit. Because <laughs> I also understand you're an ambassador for In the UK. So that started... It? ages ago now yeah. um i think there were a couple of large pattern companies who were doing that sort of thing and i think there's probably over what 300 posts on there as well 300 that i've done over the years so you'll see me in various um outfits that suited my life at the time um so i giggle when i look at some of them i like them <laughs> and they've given me the opportunity mm -hmm. to try 
using fabrics that I would have never had the opportunity to obtain here in Sydney um, and just be free mm. to do something new every month. So it's working to a deadline and it, it was very much working to a deadline. It still is, um, but it's been fun. This is one of them. So that's a French jacket that I did and everything for the lining was um, bought from them. So that's, that's the second one that's I've ever amazing. made. Yep. I'm wearing the... You, no, this is my fourth sweat. one. Yep. So the fabric That's was from Linton Tweed. Uh, I won it in the contest last year and I'll post about it. This one is the very first one I made. Look at that. Yep. Wow. So it's got all the bells and whistles that you'd expect of a French jacket yeah. with um, silk lining. Sorry. So, yeah, so, so I'm just a sewist. Uh -oh. uh -uh. Yes. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, wow, I love it. Because um this again this is Linton Tweed that I bought. Uh but the lining is silk and I got it from um a place called the Sewing Basket, which is Achieve Australia. So that's uh a social they raise money to uh assist people who like the NDIS, so people who need assistance with uh learning how to work. Um living all of that sort of thing so you know if you can get fabric that's as amazing as that every so often from there and it's someone else's stash so um it's reusing fabric that other people wouldn't have used yet so thanks yeah, that's lovely it's always nice to it when you can incorporate yeah, something like that is, into yeah. your work yeah yeah. So um, that means that as an ambassador, you were given a very loose um, idea of you have to sew something with our fabric every month or was it a little bit more specific, like you have to do this pattern or you have to, like, well, what, what were the parameters? When I started, we that? had a budget, a very small budget, uh, and that was fine because that small budget uh, was quite, uh, allowed us to do, you know, quite buy, purchase things uh, that were a bit more extensive than that. So um, I could get the fabric, the pattern, or just the fabric and the notions in that budget and they would send it to me every month and I had to do it every mm -hmm. month. And I, I had to write a blog post, but that's mm -hmm. all I had to do. These days um, they now have a whole raft of people as their ambassadors and we have to uh, do a sneak peek at what we've been provided with, um, a progress post and a ta-da post with a seated photo because uh, the issue around showing patterns in a seated position became more prominent over the last two years so that people who have, um, who have to be seated all the time can see how a pattern performs for them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Because I have noticed that you take a lot of pictures of yourself sitting down and I I didn't give any thought to it. So that's that's really I great. I like sitting on the stairs, as you can attention. tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stairs are good to sit on. Yeah, I'm sure so. <laughs> Me too. Um, um, yeah, but uh, on a more important point, the seeders shown, sewn, shown, seeded is a hashtag. And if you use that hashtag, you'll find a lot of photos 
where people have made something and they're, they're showing how it looks like when you're in a seated position. So the people who have to be seated, mm. um, whether it's because they can't stand for a long time or they can't stand at all, they can see how it performs. So, mm. uh, and again, I've spoken mm. to Loli mm. who uh, lives in Europe and her, she's one of the ambassadors um, for Minerva and she does, she does show what she's sewn standing, but she has to be seated a lot and she's got a lot of chronic um, illnesses that she's got mm. to manage through. And so that's why it's important that when mm. you um, showcase something, you use the sewn, shown, seated hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say that too quickly. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, and again, it's been really good to connect with groups that help um, people with chronic illnesses slow do slow sewing which is a lot of what zen stitching is about because it provides them mm. with something to do that they can be creative at times when they have short bursts of energy yeah 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 exactly and that's one of the the great things about it too is you you can pick it up yep. and put it down whenever you want and it's it it is yeah just can just pick it up and do a little bit and then uh, whenever you've got time you can re regroup and do some more of that again and um, I was just thinking with the these garments that you've been creating and enjoying making and working to a deadline which is fabulous because it means that you've always got that um, oh I guess uh, motivation I can't think or of the word right now or goal yeah. motivation thank, thank you yeah, um, and it makes me think. Well, if you, if you were making so many garments all the time, one of your comments to me recently was you've recently um, culled a lot of your clothes. I'd love to hear more about how you reached that conclusion and how um, it made you feel. Initially, culling what you make and giving it to charity is um, very tough to do because you put in so much effort. You love wearing those clothes, um, but at some point you've got to give it away or reuse it, which a lot of people do. Um, and more re recently, mm. I've put on a bit of weight around the waist. So there's a lot of dresses that just didn't fit. So they had to go. So they've gone. Yeah, they've gone to a better home. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so... Yeah. And look, I made the commitment last year during Me Made May, which is what's happening at the moment. It's a huge uh, activity mm. that sewists do. Um, and initially when I first started doing that, it was about making to fill gaps in my wardrobe. They don't, I don't have gaps anymore. <laughs> so um, my commitment has always been <laughs> in the last two years, and I haven't put anything up about it, but I do it because um, culling is quite emotional. And you've got to realistically think, okay, I don't do that anymore or I'm not going to wear it again and then find where to give it to. So usually the clothes from work go to organisations that will then give it to people who are trying to find work. And there are a few organisations in mm -hmm. Sydney that you can do that with. Alternatively, um, go to the salvos and take it clean, pressed, 
and then they'll find they'll do what they need with that with those clothes yeah that yeah it was a whole lot easier this time because my um yeah I put on the weight around my waist (laughs) so that's just reality right yeah yeah well I mean it is it's it's quite a journey to um let go of anything that's that's precious and especially if you put the time into making it, I I think you're always investing a little bit of yourself into these items. So it does make you, I think, consider carefully what you would like to do with it and where you would like to see it go, maybe more so than something that um, you just picked up at the shops or all that kind of thing. Um, But once you made, and I'm just thinking about some of the special items in my wardrobe, they sit there and I look at them and I love them, but I don't wear them. And then I look at them some more and I finally go, okay, I guess I'm not going to wear this ever again. And so sometimes it's a process. It's not just something where you one day you wake up and you open up your wardrobe and then suddenly throw everything on the bed and away it goes. As much as that is um, what we see on reality TV, TV shows and all that kind of stuff, I think to do it um, in sync with how you feel is really important to, to the, the, I was going to call it the grieving process. It's not quite that, but the letting go process of these beautiful clothes that you've made and you've loved and you've had great times and and memories as well. The first, this one that I made, um, it's a little bit tight around the waist, but I'm not giving it up because I can still wear it open and the arms and the, the shoulders yeah. are fine. It's just around the waist. So it's like, no, that's staying. And I, I can wear it with jeans. And that's why yeah. I, I keep making these because they go really, for me, um, to wear straight pants. It's, this is not something that I wear to the office because the office is changing for me at the moment. So um, I'm keeping them. Mm. Yeah, but you're right. There's, um, yeah. there's, there's a point in time where you decide I'm keeping it because of this reason. Or oh, no, it's actually got to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's no reason too why you can't hold on to things just because they're beautiful objects. I mean, we have beautiful kimonos that we keep in our houses because they're beautiful yeah. just for for what they are. Um I kind of wish I had a I always wanted to do this have a mantelpiece where I put all my beautiful high heels oh, because I never wear those good anymore. Good idea. You know. But yeah, yeah love them I had a, a wonderful collection and I've, I've very slowly over the years let them go pair by and pair slowly right <laughs> slowly yeah exactly yeah I was like I'll put these aside because I might wear them next year and next year comes around and it doesn't happen so so yeah it's a process but um I think you were also saying you actually found it was quite liberating Letting yeah, go some of them as well. Um, I just felt guilty having so much when there's a lot of people who don't. So I thought, okay, come on, just mm. pass them over. See if somebody else wants them. Uh, go to the organisations that actually do this sort of thing professionally and do it and do it well. So you know, pass it on. Just yeah, do it. <laughs> Well, I, I guess that's the thing. You can, the clothes are never going to come back to you and say, thank you so much, I found a new home. 
you know, if only, it'd be really nice if they'd send you a text message. By the way, I'm happy in my new house or, or with my new people. Um, but I was just thinking back to Christmas time. I found the most beautiful velvet evening gown, uh, red velvet, uh, in my local thrift store. And it was handmade and it fit me to a T. So all I can do is send positive vibes yeah. and say thank you to whoever made it because it was a blessing and I love it. And I really appreciate all of the, the effort and the hand stitching that's gone into it. So I can only imagine people who receive your clothes will feel the same way. It's just knowing that someone has very caringly and lovingly made these garments and then considering mm, where they so. go next as well it sounds so. like look and you you live yeah. in an environment yeah. in a country that you can wear velvet in winter for a, a quite a while so that it just sounds like a luscious dress mm -hmm. yes yeah oh it is it's, it's pretty special yeah so i i probably should wear it more <laughs> often actually i'll wear it to work yeah. <laughs> why not isn't that part be made may is wearing your, your best that clothes. Be a pledge. i'm actually thinking about wearing this to tape today um yeah because i've got it Ooh, with my jeans idea. um and it's been really freezing in the class so everyone's been wearing their puffy jackets and i thought mm -hmm. oh well i switch it up and wear a french jacket and i thought oh maybe today's the day yeah, yeah. i think yeah. you should absolutely bring a little bit of style and elegance yeah, wake, them yeah. wake them up <laughs> exactly yeah um, maria on that note we should probably wrap it up because i would love to chat with you all day but i do know you have other commitments um thank you so much for being part of making zen and being a, a partner and bringing so many wonderful artists to your audience and and vice versa it's um it's really wonderful to have had such a wonderful Thank Three you. Years and of friendship with I you. really appreciate how you choose wonderful textile artists to be on Making Zen. Um, personally, they've all been wonderful, very accommodating. They love what they do. And I hope that listeners uh, who are going to Making Zen, you know, because we've started now, so that's great. I hope that they realize mm -hmm. that all of these people mm -hmm. are very giving, lovely, and great to continue to be connected with. Um, uh, through making Zen and through their own media as well. But you're the one who's been bringing them to us. So thank you very much for doing that. Yeah. Oh, Maria, it's, it's a pleasure. And I just think it's a very lovely community. So the more lovely people that can connect and have fun and, and make and get a little bit of Zen at the same time, uh, then it's, it's, uh, something delightful for everyone thank you everyone so much for your friendship and for all of your support kate i really appreciate it love. yeah big love <laughs> well i must let you go i know you have a busy day ahead of you so thank you so much for getting up early and your time today and um your continued support through making zen for everybody who hasn't yet signed up you can still sign up we've still got mondays um sessions up and running and they'll be up for probably another 12 mm -hmm. 18 hours something like that so they're up for a while and there's lots of great um workshops happening throughout the week and go and listen to maria's podcast if you haven't yet because it's really interesting just listening to 
the behind the scenes of what makes all these artists so to hear. Thank you again, Kate. Yep. Okay, bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.